So when I arrived to work, I was all smiles. I'm working labor and delivery. So I delivered my patient, all went well until she invited her dad in the room to welcome his first grandchild. And at that moment, I just lost it. Welcome to the Lamp Podcast, where we are shining a light on the stories of caregivers. Hey, welcome back to the Lamp Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Libri. If you're new to the podcast, the Lamp is a podcast where real caregivers share their stories about all aspects of life as a caregiver. Before we go any further with today's story, if you like the podcast, I want to ask you to head on over to iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and give us a review or a star. It really helps. Thanks. So in the last episode, I talked about how we're kind of have these origin stories coming. And today's no different. I have another origin story. This one's from Sarah Gaines, a labor and delivery nurse. And what really struck me about Sarah's story, um, and it might be because I'm thinking about this kind of idea a lot lately is, you know, her story is kind of a, it's not an origin story of like over all these years, everything led her to this one moment per se. It's a story of a series of circumstances all converging at the same time, kind of like a crucible, uh, high pressure, high intensity uh, that made her make a decision. And I've been thinking about this a lot lately because I've been thinking about the pandemic and how it's kind of a crucible. I think I've said it here on the podcast before, and I've definitely said it to other people. This moment of dramatic life circumstances has definitely led people to make big changes, big switches. Look at me and my husband. We sold our house, moved to another state. Um, And I've seen other people doing this, making just big changes in their life. And I think it's related to this idea of these extraordinary circumstances leading you there. But the story is also about agency. And I think that's the same thing in a lot of these situations. People in a bunch of situations where extreme circumstances might be happening around them or just the right circumstances to push them all converging at the same time, leading them to make a decision to take some agency in their own life, make a choice, go on a path that they might not have otherwise went on if it wasn't for the situation. Maybe they would have. Maybe it would have just taken them a lot longer. But that's what I really appreciate about this story. And I was really excited to sit down and hear Sarah's story, which she said still sometimes surprises people. And this idea of agency is that, you know, There are a lot of circumstances around you that are outside of your control. There are things that happen in your life that you cannot control. You cannot undo. You cannot change. No matter how much of a positive person you are, no matter how much you believe in manifesting your future, and I'm not trying to be like down on manifesting, but there are things that are out of your control and that's just how life is. So what I, I think the final thing I appreciate about this idea of agency 
is not pretending that you can control things that you cannot control, but recognizing what is in your control, what you do have control over, and taking it back. Here's her story. I would say, this is so sad to say, but maybe one to two years into my nursing career, I was just completely burnt out. And I honestly felt like nursing just wasn't the career for me anymore. Honestly, looking back, you know, hindsight's 2020, I realized that I didn't absolutely hate nursing. I just hated the work environment that I was in because it just wasn't the most conducive. And at the time I was working mandatory overtime, which I didn't even know that was a thing until I was forced to do it. (laughs) Um, I had mandatory overtime. I was working night shifts. So I was just so completely exhausted and tired. And I just dealt with unruly management and really high nurse patient ratios. But again, I didn't know any better. I didn't know that the grass was greener on the other side. And the people that I talked to really just encouraged me to be grateful for the job that I did have. And, you know, basically said, this is a great job with great benefits. It's not worth leaving. It could be worse. So even though I was unhappy for years at my job, at the end of the day, I was still very comfortable and I wasn't willing to, I guess, step outside of my comfort zone, but Everything changed about three years into my nursing career. My dad was diagnosed with cancer and it ended up being a terminal disease. So I was living in Houston at the time and my dad was in Dallas. So it was really hard. Like initially when he was diagnosed with cancer. It was just hard being away from him because I just didn't know what was going on. But then when we found out it was going to be terminal, I took the position of being his hospice nurse. So I ended up taking some time away from work at MLA to go back to Dallas to take care of my dad. And I took care. Unfortunately, it was very fast. Um, He was diagnosed around my birthday in January. And at the time, you know, they said, they actually said there was a 99% chance that he's going to be totally fine. And, you know, nothing was going to happen. Don't worry. And I, you know, go back to work in Houston. It's fine. You don't need to stay in Dallas. I'm like, okay. And then a couple months later in April, um, it just had spread all over his body. And that's when we were told it was terminal. So in mid-May, I came down to Dallas to take care of him and he passed away in June. Everything just happened so fast and it was so overwhelming. And my dad was the closest person to me. And I, I did not know how to handle it. And it was a blessing and a curse at the same time. As many people tell me, I was so blessed that I was able to have those last moments with my dad and hold his hand until he took his last breath. And I am grateful for that moment, but it's also really traumatizing 
to take care of your father as he withers away and see him in his most vulnerable, weakest moments. Like it was really, really hard for me. And so the day after he passed away, my manager called me and said, hey, we need you to come to work. You have exactly one week and we need you to come to work. And I was like, well, you know, he, he passed away this Sunday and his funeral is next Sunday. And she was like, yeah, I need you to come to work on Monday, the day after his funeral. And I said, can I please just, just have a couple more days? I'll still work my work week, but can I just work Thursday, Friday, Saturday? I don't know if I'll be ready to come in on Monday. And the answer was no, we're short staffed. I need you to come to work. So I just said, okay, and I didn't really have a choice. So I went to his funeral on Sunday and stayed there that evening and then woke up super early the next morning and drove four hours to get to work. And then when I arrived to work, I honestly thought that I was going to be okay. I had convinced myself on the drive there that this is what I needed. I needed to get back into the routine. So when I arrived to work, I was all smiles. I'm working labor and delivery. So I delivered my patient, all went well until she invited her dad in the room to welcome his first grandchild. And at that moment, I just lost it. Like I, I was in the fetal position on the floor, shaking, crying. Like I didn't, I didn't know what, that was my breaking point. I didn't know what to do at that point. And all of the nurses, my coworkers, they, you know, they, they ran in and they, you know, they were putting their, hugging me, putting their hands around me saying, oh my gosh, Sarah, I'm so sorry. You're going to get through this. And then I feel one hand on my shoulder and it is the manager. And she says, Sarah, you're making a scene. I need you to get up, clean up your patient and you have another one waiting. And at that moment, <laughs> I knew that I was absolutely done with that place. But I also, at the same time, was so stuck. Like financially, I could not just walk away from that job. You know, my family was depending on me financially, especially my mother being newly widowed without my father. So even though I was at rock bottom, I knew I was definitely underappreciated, undervalued. I knew that I deserved better. I was really stuck. So what did I do? I had to get up, clean up my patient and get the next admission. And it was that moment that I knew I needed a way out. I didn't know how I was going to get out, but I knew something had to change. So later on, I was eating lunch in the break room and I was submitting my resume to a million and one different websites. And I was checking my emails to see if anyone had just you know, followed up about my resume and saw nothing. But as I was scrolling through the emails, my phone rings and it's this random travel nursing recruiter that's like, hey, do you want to jump into travel nursing? It's such a great career. I'm just all peppy and excited. And I just immediately was just so upset. I was like, oh my gosh, like my dad, he just passed away. I'm at this job. It's miserable. I'm not getting paid enough. I need to help my family. I'm so stressed out. I desperately need to get back to Dallas. Like this, this is not 
possible for me. I can't become a travel nurse right now, travel the world and live my best life. This is, this is not for me. Um, and one thing you should know is that my dad was a world traveler himself and he actually spent more than half of his life living in different countries. And so he had actually brought up travel nursing to me before. He's the first person who brought up travel nursing to me. And I thought he was crazy. And I was like, dad, I'm not doing that. And he tried to convince me. And I was like, no, dad, you're crazy. You don't even know about it. Like it's crazy. Um, so when that recruiter called me, I did know a little bit about travel nursing, but I just thought it was insane. And the recruiter changed my mind a little bit. The recruiter said, well, wait a minute. Didn't you say, you know, you want your goal is to be back in Dallas um, and your goal is to make more money. I actually have a position that is in Dallas. It's day shift and it's making twice as much money as you're making now. So that is the perfect way out of this situation. And you'll also obviously be closer to your mom and you'll be able to really, you know, spend that time with her and help her out financially. And I was like, wait a minute, what? I did not, is that really an option? She's like, yeah, you live in Houston. You're traveling to Dallas. Like, absolutely you can do it. And I said, hmm, that sounds like a scam. <laughs> so I hung up. I honestly felt like it was just way too good to be true. I just didn't believe it. It was just too good to be true that I was going to be getting paid twice as much money, be able to work day shift and be able to um, go back to Dallas where I wanted to be. So I was like, no, it's not for me. Um, so as soon as I hung up the phone, I start scrolling through my emails one last time before my break is over to see if anyone had followed up with my resume because I was looking for just staff jobs in the Dallas area and no one had emailed me back. But I ran into an email that my dad had actually sent me a couple of days before he passed away. And he forwarded a travel nursing position to me. And it was for the exact same position that the recruiter had just told me about. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> like, like, I got goosebumps. I was like, this is a sign. Dad, I hear you. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to go for it. So I called the recruiter right back and was like, I changed my mind. I'm going to do it. Travel missions for me. Let me know what I have to do. So I submitted everything for the position. And by the end of my lunch break, the recruiter said, you're good to go. You're going to expect, like, expect a call for an interview within the next couple of days. So just stay by your phone. Don't miss the notification. And you're good. Just call me if they interview you. I said, okay, cool. So I end my lunch, I go start taking care of my patient. Within a couple hours, my phone rings and it was the hiring manager for the travel nurse position. So I ran into the supply room and did my interview in the supply room hiding. And I ended up acing the interview. She offered me the job. I told her absolutely yes. I called my recruiter and um, we finished up everything. She sent over my contract. I signed my first travel nursing contract. And by the end of that shift, I gave the same manager that told me I was making a scene my two weeks notice. So that is how I jumped into travel nursing. I did it very quickly. You know what? I don't, I don't even think I jumped into travel nursing. It was more like my dad pushed me. <laughs> he shoved me into travel nursing. It was like, Here's all the signs, go for it, do it. You deserve better. This is what you need. Um, so yeah, I jumped in and I didn't look back. And when I tell people about that situation, 
it always shocks them because many nurses assume I jumped into travel nursing. You know, they see me now living my best life, traveling and doing this and doing that. And they just assume that's why I became a travel nurse. But the truth is I was actually terrified of doing things by myself. I had, I had never even left the country before travel nursing. It seemed so risky, so scary. It made me so anxious. I was overwhelmed. I don't think I would have ever been brave enough to really jump into travel nursing unless that situation happened to me. So even though it was terrible that I was treated that way by my manager, I'm thankful for that moment because I needed to hit rock bottom to realize that I just had to get the hell out of there. And I jumped into travel nursing. I started working in Dallas and it really pulled me out of a terrible situation. It helped me financially. I was able to help my mom out. Um, I was able to get, you know, back on a regular day shift schedule. And it also just gave me that freedom that I desperately needed. At the end of the day, (laughs) I just needed a couple days off to grieve my father. That's all I needed. And as a staff nurse, I just wasn't giving, given that luxury. And so travel nursing, it gave me the luxury to be able to take as much time off when I want to and however long I feel. So that's ultimately why I'm just so passionate about travel nursing and telling everyone and their mom about travel nursing, because I feel like if you are a nurse right now and you're unhappy with where you're at, you feel like you're being underpaid. You feel like you're undervalued. You feel like you deserve better. Don't let fear hold you back. Like that's the only regret that I have about travel nursing is that I waited way too long. I waited till I was three years into my nursing career. And the fact is I probably could have did it a lot earlier, but I was scared. And I waited until I just hit my breaking point. I hit rock bottom. And you don't have to hit rock bottom to realize that you deserve better. Hey, that's our story. And thanks again for listening. Thank you to Sarah Gaines. Thank you to Sarah Gaines. She's a labor and delivery nurse, mentor, educator, and entrepreneur. She's passionate about travel nursing. And she created the six-figure travel nurse course to educate and empower nurses ready to take control of their career. You can find Sarah on Instagram at Sarah underscore Gaines. And for daily travel nurse tips, you can visit saragaines.com. That's S-A-R-A-H-G-A-I-N-E-S.com for more information about her course. And if you have a story that you'd like to share, you can go ahead and go to our website, thelamp.blueberry.net. That's the lamp dot b-l-u-b-r-r-y dot net and go to the about page and submit your idea for a story we'll catch you on the next episode me as a man unto them